Now, the question is, what is activism? And what impact can it make in increasing uh, chances around social issues in our society? As we wrap up the week, we wrap it up with an uh, activist, yeah, I tell you, uh, who creates uh, activism art that uh, speaks to, among others, gender-based violence in South Africa. This uh, photographer and avid traveler and stylish dude for that matter, he's got an instinct for visually telling and documenting South African stories. The one and only Leroy Jason, also known as the real click clack. Leroy, happy Mandela month, top of the morning to you. Thank you for waking up so early, my brother. Well, this is one way of being introduced and starting my morning. Thank you very much. I mean, I will take the stylish compliment, even though I'm I'm positioned now in, in a lot of clothing like um, like a hobo right now because it's so cold, you know. Um, but thank you. I will do it stylishly and I'll take all my compliments stylishly. Thank you very much, Mother. Gee, I, did, I didn't realize you would confess to, to dressing like an Eskimo like I am. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, I don't know if... Uh, I think Eskimos were, were is underdressed for the type of... Uh, Aware that I'm wearing right now, but how are you? How's things? My brother, uh, we live another day. We live another yes. day, and uh, we always hope for the best. Yes, 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 yes. No, but that's right, and we we strive for for excellence. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, excellence is like a buzzword for you because that's what you do. But before we get into the excellence, because there's plenty coming from you, COVID nineteen, bruh, disrupted everything everything that we know it has affected us personally professionally and otherwise how have you adapted how has it affected you um i think it's it it, it has been a blessing uh, not even in disguise it was it's just been a blessing more than anything you know for the longest time as an artist you sometimes struggle to catch up with the world and you ask the world to just stop for like two seconds while you while you gather your thoughts and, and master your energy to to move forward instead of looking back on all the changes that have happened in your life, you you just want a, just a, a, a split second. You you know you always you always fool yourself by saying no. Maybe I should do it by traveling somewhere or getting out. And you know my prayers. God has answered my prayers by asking the world to just stop. And allow us to reflect on ourselves. And with, with that is exactly what has happened. You know, COVID-19 has also been like a, um, a, a veil that has been lifted on a lot of social issues that need to finally come to an end. And has taken COVID-19 the opportunity to do so. Uh, you know? in, in many ways, you sound like uh, COVID-19 is, an, is, is uh, an enabler for new creativity and new opportunities. As well as, I mean, a large cultural shift. I mean, I was even telling someone the other day, if you still think that you're going to be doing the same, the, uh, business won't be as usual when things go back. You have to re-strategize, re realign and reinvent yourself. Um, you know, this gives us an opportunity to do do that without traveling. You know, I mean, when I used to, I remember once I, when I first did my first big job for SABC, I took my check and I, I ran away to the Philippines and I lived there for a little bit um, because I wanted something completely different, a space where I could reinvent myself. Now with lockdown and, and COVID-19 came, uh, came about the opportunity to 
for a lot of people and a lot of individuals to reinvent the way they handled business and how they also looked and reflected on themselves. Um, but for photography, it has been... It was a struggle in the beginning because I was trying to, I was trying to find ways in which that, um, just like anything that changes, you always want to go back to how things were done before, and you struggle with the, the ad- adaptation and the, the 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 re the readjustment. But once once I started just practicing the the ne- the necessary. Um, ways of de- doing with bu- business, which was wearing a mask, speaking a bit louder, um, uh, also washing my hands constantly. Um, I mean, I also treated I treated um, working under these conditions like working in the West Bank or going into um, Palestine and Ham- um, Ramallah when you know as sensitive as it is then, you know, you'd be very mindful about where you go, what you do, who you shake hands with, you know? Absolutely. But who is Leroy and how did you get into the click clack game, bro? So Leroy, Leroy Jason was, um, was a, Leroy Jason is still a, I almost just said was, but I'm just thinking about um, a former photographer who had, parted a lot of knowledge with me who passed away two days ago his name was uh george hallett i know him as uncle george because he was my father's uh, colleague and friend um he was also one of nelson mandela's first photographers that got appointed when he became the pre- um, president in 94 but um anyway he Leroy Jason, back to my story, um, I was influenced by many photographers by the likes of George Hallett, Fanny Jason, which is my father, Alf Kumalo, Spiro Mklambi, who, who still is an active photographer currently now. Um, a, lot of, a lot of photographers, when I, when I was young and I grew up, I was only taught to be a photographer. My mind was when I was six years old. I could never say to my father that I wanted to be a policeman because those were the same people that were either shooting at him or arresting him or trying to get him to turn on 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 on, in, on individuals that were seen in his photographs um, in post apartheid pre apartheid times. Uh, not pre apartheid in apartheid the apartheid era. So as a young ch- child. I was always conditioned to know that I was going to be a photographer. Um, you know, my father was my father was forced to become a journalist because there was no space as a black photographer in the fashion or advertising space. So a lot of photographers like George Hallett, who was huge in in, in overseas in terms of he's also his love for for photography in the fashion space was more about. Um, was about that, but they were forced to document the the current state of affair, which was apartheid, um, and and the injustice. So, being birthed in that era, I went into photography. But obviously, because my father had come back with all these scars and PTSD and bringing all that violence back into our household, I was also, for my mom's side, was also. Sh- um, was always forced not to become like my father. So I went into marketing. Um, but even at school, I still kept on picking up the camera. It was always second nature to me. Um, I remember times when I would I would be at school and I would be taking photographs just to uh, earn a few, a, a little bit of a little bit of money, taking photographs for for pinup or well women. 
uh, for pinups in for the Sowetan back page babes. I was the youngest photographer, published photographer at the time. Uh, I was sixteen. Just pause there. You were the one responsible for the back page babes. Yes, anything that was coming out of Cape Town. Those days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you were young almost. <laughs> 16, 16 years old. I mean, I, I remember my father had taught me how to drive at the age of 13. So he, he, he his career also started in pinups. So he he taught me how to be a photographer in that in that space. So at the time I had to because I was too young to, to pass with my own name and surname, and I wouldn't probably get the type of money that he would get as a seasoned photographer and recognized. So he would he would publish the, the photographs for the first two years as Finny Jason, and then later on, it, then they realized that actually I was the one, because he couldn't, he, he couldn't pretend any longer that I was the one that I was actually shooting the shots, and I was getting published and getting paid um, at the age of 16 all the way through my high school career. It was great for my social life because now I was the guy who knew all the models and, you know, um, it, it, it was fun. Say I should have uh, been a friend, man. I should have been a friend. <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, the, the, the database still doesn't stop. You know? <laughs> yeah, we talk after the interview, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I, I know exactly under these COVID uh conditions uh, uh, the, the slim pickings <laughs> so, so but i mean years later i i then became years later i moved to joburg i moved away from cape town because the city became either too small and there was no real um opportunities i felt for um a, a black creative at that point in time so i thought i needed to go and i also needed to choose an actual career because everything was in high school, I thought I needed to get out of uh, Cape Town because it was too small for me. Let me and I moved to Joburg, went to Pretoria. I studied, um, and, and then I I studied marketing, and I realized that um, that photography was still in my blood. I I went on to um, own an advertising agency with my my cousin and my best friend. But photography was still part of me. At the time, we weren't making any money. What was feeding us was me working at clubs every night. And because at the time I was only competing with Thunder.com, I mean, I brought a professional camera into that space. So there was no real competition. I became very popular. I mean, I was working at four different clubs in, in one night where I would be doing taboo. I would then go to the bank. I was doing so many clubs in one night. I think that my, my highest... My, my highest uh, score at the time was about eight clubs in one night. Sheesh. Uh, so I was, I was, I was, it was so funny is that I was rotating like DJs were in, in the Joburg sector, sector of clubs, you know? So um, I remember, and, and even till today, I still can go into free clubs for free because my, uh, because the, the, the name still carried weight. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, you are my new best friend, bruh. When we get to level one. <laughs> I know, right? We, we get to level one and our friendship gets to level six. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, um, and then what happened was, like I said to you, I then did this massive job for SABC. And at the time, um, I was now also getting to be known as a celebrity photographer. So I was only photographing the who's who would show up at the clubs. 
pun intended, Bohu's Who, all of those clubs. And um, I was known as that. And after a while, it dawned on me of the idea that I no longer, because I couldn't, I couldn't keep a day job anymore because now I was shooting commercial work during the week and um, I was no longer just doing things on weekends. Now people wanted me during the week as well and I couldn't keep up with owning this business and I was letting my my colleagues down by not showing up for meetings and always choosing other work. So I had to make a decision. I stopped that and I decided now to make uh, photography an actual career and follow that. Um, And one of the things that as I was getting popular, um, my father or once told me that, you know, Leroy, everyone, everyone can call your name. Everyone can say Leroy, 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 but you'll be queuing up in FNB like everyone else. You know, um, you need to make real decisions. <laughs> uh, yeah. Popular, uh, being popular doesn't pay the bills all the time. And I thought, you know, what? Um, I understand where he's coming from because also it's a different format um, altogether. So, um, I, so yeah. you're right. Um, <laughs> and I'm thinking now, your history, I mean, you're still a young dude with a lot ahead of you, but yes, you are way ahead of your time. You were, I mean, from age 16. Um, the whole thing about um, your subjects. Yes. I read somewhere that when you tell stories and you tell stories about people, you are sensitive to their history, you want their permission, and you want to tell the stories in ways which they would be happy, not necessarily making a decision on your own. Is that, is that the case? So, so um, that's exactly where I was going with this. So basically, um, right after understanding this, this, pop, the, this movement of celebrities, I had to make a decision, is that how I'm going to be remembered? Given my history that I've come from a background where... My father has come from a genocide, from genocide, um, covering genocide in Rwanda, covering apartheid, covering um, the the war in Kosovo, um, you know, uh, West Bank. All of these real strong. I mean, he did an a, a, an important series of work on HIV and AIDS, um, and winning so many awards. And I I realized that I can't. I don't think that that's just being having a camera. And telling a story, and my story being celebrity is not where I wanted my story to end. I then realized that when I went to the Philippines and I lived there and I saw a, a culture, a country of people that had had been colonized so many times that they had lost their own language. Um, and I realized when I came back to South Africa that I didn't want to, I, I didn't want us to also be in, in the same sort of um, uh, space where we would lose touch of our history, lose touch of ourselves, um, uh, and use photography to to bring that story back. Um, and that's when the sensitivity around people's stories came about. Um, when I engage, when, when as any journalist would tell you, the first thing that you ever do is you be sensitive to people's stories. I mean, if you saw it, Kevin Carter. And, and and the the, the story of, of the child and the vulture, um, you know, um, yes. you know, it, it it raised a lot of a, a lot of conversations around. I mean, when when I when I exhibited when I did my exhibition at Conhill, jo, uh, Joel 
Joel De Silva, who is who is, who is the writer of the Bang Bang Club, opened my 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 um, opened my exhibition, which which was uh, pivotal for me because that was the the way in which I, I was brought up with the sensitivity around people's wow. stories. I mean, walking into a, walking into a room and, and understanding that. But I also realized that being using so what I did was I used photography to to try and not impress the people that look at the image, but impress the person that, that, that I'm taking the photograph of. So photography for me is a, allows me the, the opportunity not only to tell somebody's story and look at life through that person's eyes, but also give that person the opportunity to see how the world sees them. And that was in very important. And, and, and you know, I, what I've realized, the more honest you are as, a, as an artist, the more people can relate to it. Wow. Talk to us about activism, you know, new concepts. What does it yes. mean to you and how do you represent that? So activism for me is something that isn't new. Um, you know, if you look at pictures of, if you look at pictures of um, uh, of Che Guevara or any revolution, all of them were the stories were always told in imagery, either in, in a form of art, uh, painting, or in a form of still imagery or motion picture uh, or sculptures. You know, art has always been the pivot, the the the, the piece. Or the the token that 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 help start or, or be a part or, or coin a revolution in itself. So artivism isn't something that was is is really something new. But the hashtag next to artivism is something new. You know, it also it it, it talks about the the modern day artivist um, or the modern day activist. You know, of of our time, because with a hashtag, we are all activists. Absolutely. Also, you've done uh, quite a bit of work with uh, gender-based violence because it, it's, it's a very sensitive story. I wouldn't know how to best tell it uh, from behind the lens. So, so I've got a, a series of work. So, because I, I the hashtag became such a big thing for me, I started. I I saw it with because uh, I mean we are now in the fallless movement, you know. Um, I I started covering the fallless movement. And I realized, and everywhere I went, I just started seeing this idea that everything must fall. And then I, I built a body of work behind that. And in this body of work was four pillars. Um, and these were pillars that were two, two of them were already kind of going. And the other two were just, were something that I decided that I needed to add to start it as a hashtag. And but it start. I mean, I just predicted that this hashtag would would really start on um, going. So the four pillars in my body of work that that, that I mentioned that was exhibited at Konya was one is gender gender must fall, um, fees must fall, sorry, fees must fall, which was the body body of work that we which hasn't fallen at all. But it was also what started this whole exhibition. Um, Zuma must fall, and the war on women must fall. So now I would rather concentrate on the GBV because uh, the war on women must fall was is is in that in in that pillar. And what happens in that body of work is I really try to to illustrate to most males 
um, in this body of work, or African males, South African males in particular, that we have actually, um, we, ha we have casted a war against women. Just as much as we would think that white people have, had formulated a war against us, we have formulated a war against women without even saying it, you know, um, sugarcoating it through cultural beliefs, saying that we, we, are, we are African by, 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 um, by segregating our women in, in, in a particular way, using, um, I mean, I remember once when my, when my father was going through a divorce with my mom, he, he mentioned something with me that stuck with me and also was part of of my body of work by using the, the cow head um, is, is that women are not like cattle. You know, they, they can't go and come as you please. And because we, we come from a culture where, I mean, I sat in places where, where women, educated women, women that hold their own ground and respected, but is that still needs to be subservient and serve men that they don't be, they don't deserve half of that woman's uh, attention. Um, but because we, we, we were, we, 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 from a cultural point of view, we, we, we hide behind that and say that, no, um, you know, din daughter, because um, culturally, this is, this is what I inherited. And, you know, just because... Talk, talk to yeah. us about your highlights, because your, your story, as I said, you are way ahead of your time. And I, I'm, I'm glad to see that you are having the time of your life. There must have been some highlights and challenges or the kind of stories that really um, resonated with you, adjusted the way you see the world. Uh, yeah, there's, you know, there's, so, there's so many. Let me... Let me put one in particular the um how i saw the world is a one particular time is when i went into my first hostile environment that was i was uh, ushered in there with my father it was eugene Ter blanche's funeral i was the age of 27 and he he had passed on and we had i had went with him and a couple of journalists and my father uh, went to his funeral and i remember walking in i think it was 2000 when did he pass on 2013 or 20 yeah it was 2013 i just need to get my history lesson right but i know it was it was in the teens of the 20s uh 20th century and I remember walk, trying to go in to find the the f find the a great space, and these Afrikaners had pulled me out of the church, and I didn't realize there was a, a, a was a white only church at that time, you know. I mean, this was post ninety four, and I realized at that point, you know, that 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 there were things that that our black photographers or the photographers that that went came before us that haven't they, they had to endure but they haven't been celebrated for um you know i saw the other day i mean not so long ago that uh there was a a photographer um it was a huge huge photographer by the name of um i forgot his name now yo i'm so sorry no no it, it but, happens yeah, but it, but anyway, I mean, I, I but but Santu Mafikeng, you know, guys, guys that like that haven't been celebrated at all, or 
um, constantly punted for, for for photographers of my age group and younger so that they can find their voice in 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 the people that have passed before me. I was fortunate to have met photographers that I can see myself in, whereas the younger generation who, go, who, who used to go to these uh, outside of um, what's this market photo workshop, um, they... They couldn't see them, themselves in these these other photographers because they they weren't either telling the same story as them or came from the same sort of background as them. What are you, you working know? on at the moment? So right now, I'm still you know, I I still believe I'm still pushing one. I feel like a, a musician. You know, you you speak about me as a rapper earlier, um, a hip hop artist. I uh, I still pushing. My everything must fall because none of my none of the images or none of the, the the pillars that I've been working on have fallen. Fees haven't fallen. Gender hasn't fallen. Uh, the, the 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 gender equality hasn't fallen. Um, the war on women hasn't fallen as we see now currently. And unfortunately, the idea of corruption, the the idea of um, of, of exploiting um, our own kind hasn't ha hasn't fallen, and that was under the the, the pillar called Zuma must fall. Um, you know, it, it's it's not so. All of those haven't fallen. So unfortunately, my job isn't done yet with this body of work. It's a still an ongoing body of work that I'm constantly photographing. Yeah, time flies when we're having fun. Where can we find you? Because we need to hoy around too, bruh. <laughs> we definitely do. I mean, I don't know if we're going to do that at level one or, but anyway, I was saying, um, you're right. Where you find me is currently for my commercial body of work. You'll find me on Olomouk, um, Olomouk.co.za, um, which is Kumalo backwards, which is Elf Kumalo's son, Mzi Kumalo, has opened a production company who, who has fathered well, not fathered, who has looked after photographers like myself and Jeff um, uh, Rajoto, which is another photographer, where we partner up with film directors. So we kind of give clients a photographic and a TVC Bradley, experience. Bradley, I'm afraid I'm going to interrupt you because time is on, you know, it's really Can I just give taking two, the oxygen tw Twitter, quickly. <laughs> tw Twitter, okay, quickly. Instagram. Instagram, which is at the real click clack. If you, um, you'll probably see me hashtag this interview on my Instagram. I'll be posting it on Monday, as well as uh, at LR Jason, which is Twitter, Leroy Jason, L double E R O Y uh, Jason, J A S O N, on Facebook as well. Follow me, see my body of work, follow my story, and you'll see what kind of work I'm doing for my country and my continent and for, for our nation. Rockstar. Leroy, okay. many thanks, power to you, and blessings, my brother. I ble I appreciate you, and continue stay safe. Remember to take a kino force, ginger tea, whatever you can. Um, having having COVID is not the end of your life. Uh, calm down, take it in your stride, and recover. Many thanks. So that's uh, Leroy uh, Jason there. The real click clack. Uh, yeah, he's a speaker. Says take all the right things, Habu.